0: Faith Over Fear is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Hello and welcome to the Faith Over Fear podcast, where we attack our most pervasive fears with truth because life's just too short for any of us to live enslaved. In Faith Over Fear, we're passionate about helping God's children discover, embrace and live in freedom. We'd love to connect with you online or on social media. Just visit our show notes to learn how to connect with
1: us.
0: And today we're continuing our series of episodes on the life of Abraham as we examine the various fears he experienced and how God met each and every one of them with grace and with love. Ava,
1: have you ever received a promise from God's word and then kind of offered God suggestions on how to fulfill his promises when it seemed like nothing was happening? Uh all too often, Carol. <laughs> Have you maybe taken action thinking you were helping God? Yeah, that too. (laughs) Well, I've got a little kind of story for you. As you know me, I am twice divorced. My first marriage imploded because we had a lot of pressure in raising a child with special, special needs. He had some mental health challenges and I prayed to God and said, look, if I'm ever to marry again, I want to do it with somebody that honors you. And so I was fixed up with a pastor and was convinced that we were going to improve the world with this vital ministry together. Well, he had so much baggage that I was worse off than I was before. And I'm not, it's not God honoring to go into it with details, but just suffice it to say that I gradually realized, I think I'm hearing what I want to hear. I believe that God allowed me to have what I thought that I wanted in my dreams to serve Him. I was trying to earn my way to God, I think, without realizing it. Now, I don't believe in divorce. And yet here I am, twice divorced, and I have learned that God still loves me. And he allows me to serve him, only I don't think I'm, I'm doing it in his timing this time. I think that whole idea of waiting on God's timing is so,
0: so hard, Carol. Yes. And as you were ex- sharing your experience, it kind of reminded me of the passage that we're focusing on in this episode, uh, the passage that described Abraham's experience with God. And in the book of Genesis, God had called Abram out of his home country. God had made a covenant with him, which included several promises, a promised land, innumerable descendants. He promised that he would prosper Abram and that the world would be blessed through Abram. But Abram had to wait a long time to see the fulfillment of these promises. And in the passage we're focusing on today, he's still
1: waiting. He's still waiting. How about if I read that account now? Great. Um, let's look at Genesis. Let's go to seventeen one, and I'm going to read one through eight. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down and God said to him, as for me, this is my covenant with you. The whole land of Canaan, where you now reside as a foreigner, I will give you as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you, and I will be their God. Wow. Some
0: amazing, amazing promises. Mm -hmm. And we know from reading Genesis that Abram believed what God had told him. Right. But as we also heard in earlier Faith Over Fear podcasts, after years of waiting, Abram had decided to offer God, well, he decided to help God a little bit. (laughs) First, he offered God a suggestion as to a servant who might qualify as a descendant because he and Sarah had no children yet. That's right. So there was a cultural practice that said that for those couples who were childless, they could adopt a senior servant in their household, a trusted servant, and that person would become their descendant. So Abram offers that suggestion to God. Mm -hmm. God wasn't interested in Abram's (laughs) (laughs) suggestion. So God told Abram that Abram would be the biological father of the promised son. (laughs) And now, 11 years later, Abram's still waiting for God to fulfill his promise. Right. So what does he do? He helps God. (laughs) Yet again, years after the promise, he helps God. He and Sarah decide they're going to help God fulfill his promise. Ishmael is born to their servant Hagar, but that's not who God intended either. And so 13 more years pass and still no other heir. So now they're waiting 24 years for fulfillment of that promise God's already refused Abram's helpful suggestions to fulfill a <laughs> promise by adopting or by fathering a child with
1: another woman. And here they are 24 years later. Yeah, and the, the, the thing about that, biologically, Abram's 99 years old. He cannot, his body cannot produce a child. But God promised. I love this because what God did there is he made sure that it was him. And him alone that was producing this child, I mean, think about it. We have Abram that's not able biologically to produce a child. Neither could Sarai. I mean, menopause, you can't do it. Their human bodies are not able to produce a child of the promise. So Abram became a great man of faith. And I loved it. I read this quote one time and it said, but you don't make a great man of faith overnight. It takes years of God's work in them, years of almost mundane trusting in God, perhaps interrupted by a few spectacular encounters with the Lord. I love that quote. Oh, I do too. But I have to confess
0: to you, waiting is not something I enjoy doing. And I, I would rather that God would just do these things overnight. But me <laughs> That's not the way he works. Abram could only trust and wait. And when he reached the end of his resources with no suggestions left to offer to God, God again, now in this passage, promises him descendants. Mm -hmm. But this time, God does a couple of things along with making this promise. First, he changes Abram's name to
1: Abraham to confirm his word. Yeah, that name change. a, A lot of times I've read in commentaries, that it might be because he was encouraging faith in that promise that he gave to Abraham. He's told in Romans four seventeen, father of many nations, God is going to give life to the dead. And you can compare that to Abraham. I keep saying I'm going back and forth between Abraham, but he's I, I am too <laughs> their old bodies cannot produce life. They're basically dead bodies. And the promise is given when he currently has no child of the promise. And Abraham's also, he's got a new relationship with God that's going to come with this name change. He's not only going to be the father of many, but he's going to be the father of full nations. So God has taken this long delayed promise and he's made it greater. And this whole time is that Abraham had done nothing to deserve it. So this father of many nations, this means he's got to be fruitful. This is people. This is plural. And then Sarai is going to be the mother of many nations. She is going to be the mother. That's really important there. She is not going to be a surrogate mother. He's saying again, these biological old bodies are going to produce this promise. And here we go with, even as he reiterates the
0: promise, look at how God introduces or reintroduces these promises. He's already shared these promises with Abraham several times. True. But now, this time, he introduces a new component. Not only does he change their names, but he introduces himself with a certain name. He starts this passage by saying, to Abram, I am God Almighty, right there in that first verse. That's right. I am God Almighty. And that name in the Hebrew is uh, the name El Shaddai. You might have heard that name before. Mm -hmm. It's translated God Almighty, but it actually carries with it the meaning of one who is all sufficient to carry out the promises he makes. God is Almighty. He has all the power, he is fully sufficient to carry out whatever promises he makes. So as impossible as this appeared, as you've described their bodies, that this is an impossible situation. It's not impossible for God because he is sufficient to carry out whatever promises he makes by his power, by his sufficiency. Sarai, who is
1: now Sarah, mm-hmm. will bear a son. That's right. Isaac is going to be a child of the promise, not Ishmael that they had that you mentioned earlier. This is God's initiative, not Abraham and Sarah's. And not
0: only does he give Abraham a new name, not only does he make this promise, but he also
1: gives Abraham a new sign of the covenant. Yes, this is interesting, is it not? (laughs) He says, I will be their God. Okay, again, this is God's initiative. I will be their God. And we've got this thing, this sign, and it's circumcision. Circumcision indicates to the seed of Abraham, the seed of Abraham, his descendants, that there is defilement of the flesh and man, which must forever be taken away or man would remain impure and out of the covenant with God. That comes from Spurgeon. And even though Abram's 99... He's going to step out on the promise of that circumcision. He believed. And Carol, think
0: about the courage it might it must have taken for Abraham to proceed with circumcision. He's an adult male now. I mean, this was right. this took a lot of faith. And as you said, in you said earlier when you were sharing your experience that we can't earn God's love through our own effort, right? Right. We, we already have his love. And yet God does call us to be obedient. I think you had said he wants us to be ready to receive his promises,
1: right? That's right. He wants what's good for us, but we have to do something in return. We just have to be obedient. And the key here,
0: one of the challenges I see in this passage, how to know when acting is a step of faith or a lack of faith. Because earlier, Abraham ran ahead of God, taking matters into his own hands. Now he's acting, but it was out of a lack of faith. Here, he's acting in a step of obedience with circumcision, but it's being obedient to God, and it's a step of faith. God's previous word to Abraham was clear. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will give you the land. I will do these things. He didn't need Abraham's help. (laughs) You know, that's right. And I got to tell you, I confess that I sometimes struggle with how God chooses to work in my circumstances. It's not that I don't think that he can resolve the difficult situation. It's usually the timing that gets me. Mm, Good point. You know, God frequently waits until I'm at the end of my resources, just like Abraham was at the end of his resources, before he steps in. Right. And I wonder how many of us have claimed a promise from God's word, and we've been waiting a long time, Mm. maybe as long as Abraham, maybe 25 years or more. And if you're anything like me, you've made all kinds of suggestions to God on how he can fulfill those promises and when he should fulfill those promises. But you know what? That leads us to believe a lie that God doesn't care or he isn't sufficient enough to handle our seemingly impossible situation or that he needs our help. He doesn't want us to believe that lie. He wants us to believe what he said about himself, that he is El Shaddai, the almighty God, and that he has all the power he needs to
1: fulfill all the promises he makes. Yes, if we can trust him, he might indeed fulfill something beyond our wildest imagination. You know, producing a child when a body is dead. Who would have thought that? Not our human minds. Absolutely. Carol, would you close us in prayer? I'd be glad to. Almighty God. El Shaddai, I confess my lack of trust in your sufficiency. We get in difficult circumstances, Lord, and we want to believe your promises. And it seems that at times we want to believe them in our timeline. Uh, particularly when our time is growing short and we're getting desperate. But Lord, perhaps that's exactly where you want us so that you can step in and let us get to the end of ourselves. Lord, help us with our notice that maybe if we would turn to you sooner, we would just get where we needed to be exactly as you wanted us to. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, everyone, thank you for listening. And if you're interested in learning
0: more about God's names in addition to El Shaddai, God Almighty, you might be interested in a devotional on the names of God called Reflections on the Names of God, 180 Devotions to Know God More Fully. Information about this particular resource can be found in the printed show notes on this page. We hope that this episode deepened your understanding of God and helped you rest more fully in His grace. If you haven't already done so, we encourage you to subscribe to this podcast, and that way you won't miss a single episode. And please be sure to share it on social media. We'd be very encouraged if you would rate it as well. That'll help others find it. So until next time, may you live with the courage of one who has truly been set free.
1: Faith Over Fear is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. God invites us to cultivate thankful hearts by turning our eyes toward Him in good times and bad. To listen to more Abide Christian Meditations, just go to lifeaudio.com or search your
0: favorite podcast app for Abide Christian Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.